Well, hello and welcome to episode five, season three, Theology on Tap. My name is Seth Mormon. I'm going to be your host tonight. Joining me in the room, I got Kaylee Lopez. Hi. Kevin Kreitzer. Hola. Kyle Blake. What's up? Mark Siegert. Annyeonghaseyo. Hello. I, I love it. Uh, fantastic. We're recording today during the school day here on the campus of Bethany Lutheran in Long Beach. So you might hear the wonderful sound of children or a school bell or phone ringing or the carillon bells ringing. Any of those things might happen, or it just might be us making noises. Who knows? Whatever. But thanks for uh, click and play today and joining us. And like I say every week, please rate, subscribe, share the podcast. You can also send us an email. Join us on Facebook. Links for those are in the show notes. Our overarching topic this season has been the body of Christ. And in this episode, we're going to continue the conversation kind of from last week about why the body goes and what it does when it's going. So grab yourself a cold beer, warm glass of milk, hot cup of tea, bottle of water, tumbler of bourbon, whatever you would like. Pull up a chair. Join us as we chat. As always, Mark, get us started. Yes. Hey, it's good to be back here for this episode. What are we, episode four, season three? Episode five. Episode season five. Five, season know. three. Such a sudden just... I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> the Cinco. Um, Cinco. Um, yeah, so great to be back. Uh, a little bit of a continuation this week from uh, last week. Um, and actually, in the last episode, I mentioned two Bible passages that are still going to be sort of at play. Uh, there are a lot more, but I think these are ones that kind of hold the anchor. Uh, we had talked last week about Micah 6, verse 8, which says, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Uh, we talked last week about whether or not that's easy um, or um, challenging. And then uh, we also talked a little bit about uh, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, which is what we call the Great Commission. And Jesus says to his disciples, and by the way, in case you're wondering, all of us who are believers are his disciples. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to do everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of time. And last week then we focused some of our time discussing the concept of vocation, and then we tried to address what that means, what it means to love mercy. I think we spent a lot of our time last week on Uh, on loving mercy. Um, And so before we go any further, I just want to make it clear to our listeners that I just don't think it's possible to say enough about the absolute need that our world has for us, that is the body of Christ, to love mercy, to do justice, and to walk humbly. Uh, We can't talk about that enough, and we certainly can't do enough of it. And there's always room for us to approve on that. So I want to encourage our listeners to continue to pray for that, and pray that God would develop those traits in you um, and in us. Um, But as we begin this episode, I want to make a a temporary distinction between those two passages. The Micah passage, I'm saying, uh, has a lot to say about being a good neighbor to all of our neighbors. And the Matthew passage, generally we think it has a lot to do with introducing our neighbors to Jesus. So they're sort of different things. Sometimes we refer to that difference as the difference between the great commandment, love your neighbor, and the great commission, uh, make disciples, share your faith. And those are different, although very much related activities that the body of Christ does when it goes. And I, I, I present that they're a lot like that old song, love and marriage, horse and carriage. You can't have one without the other. You can't have obedience to the great commandment and the Great Commission. You can't have them 
separately. Um, but I do think that for a little bit we can talk about one of them a little bit more than the other. And maybe at the end of this podcast, the, the rest of the rest of us on the panel here can sort of put them back together. So for the moment, I'm going to separate those things, but maybe at the end we can put them back together. Um, truthfully, I think we spent a lot of our time last week and the last episode primarily talking about the great commandment, what it means to love your mate neighbor by d doing justice and loving mercy and those kinds of things. So today I'd like to spend a little more time talking about the Great Commission and setting up uh, um, the, uh, the, the discussion of sharing your faith. And in order to do that, Kaylee, I'm going to ask you to, to share a story, something that you saw as you went home after we finished recording last week's episode. So give us the the synopsis of that story real quick, Kaylee. Uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's really cool. You have moments where you're like, I see you, God. Uh, and so I was coming home after the podcast. It was probably, what, around 8.30 at night. Um, <clears throat> and there's a intersection right before I kind of get into my neighborhood. And I had stopped at the light. And this car that was going through just, it was like, and it just stopped in the middle of the intersection. Um, and... Well, I'm six months pregnant. I'm not going to get out of the car and try to help because I would <laughs> have done nothing to help them. Um, but it just seemed like all of the cars at the intersection just stopped and all these people got out. And it was just a group of like five or six men who stopped traffic and helped push this car off to the side of the road. Um, and I, I, as I was going through, I looked back in my mirror and... Uh, some of the guys had stayed with that car. Somebody was on the phone. So obviously they were st sticking around to help this person out. But it was a cool moment of watching Mercy just unfold before me. These people did not know this person, but they got out at night in the middle of an intersection to make sure they could safely uh, get through and get across. And I had a moment of that was the coolest thing. We just talked about it and I just saw people do it. Awesome. Yeah, That's cool. it was neat. Yeah, and that does sort of set up a, a little bit of a discussion. Um, we saw a bunch of people there being good neighbors and doing mercy. But Kaylee, would you guess that everybody that you saw helping out was a Christian? I would have no idea. Okay. I would have no concept of that. I'm going to assume for a moment that not necessarily all of them were. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it's a fair assumption. It's not a judgment, but I think it's a fair assumption given you know, our context. But what we see there is very much related to the field of apologetics. Seth mentioned that word when we, when we began. Um, and we know as Christians, and God tells us in his word, that his laws are written on everybody's hearts. And his laws say, do justice, do mercy, be a good neighbor. Um, and even though people don't necessarily believe in God or believe in Jesus and his resurrection, we see him at work, like you said, Kaylee. We see God at work, and we see evidence that there is a God mm -hmm. who indeed does what he says he does. He, he puts forth uh, his, his laws, and those laws are there, we know, to sort of curb in our human instinct to, to go wild. And um, so we understand that as Christians, but we also turn that into an apologetic argument that says there is a God, and he is interested in morality, and so he puts his morality into the human race um, because he is a moral God. He does know right from wrong. So we kind of turn that into an argument for God's existence um, and, and sort of a proof, if you will. Um, and we mentioned another apologetic argument a few episodes ago, and, and when I use the word argument here, I'm not talking about the kind of argument 
that we may have had with our siblings when we were young, where we were fighting over, you know, whose turn it is or who gets the bigger piece of cake or whatever it is. That's, a, that's one kind of argument. And I'm also not talking about the kind of really horrible arguments that we seem to have on, on social media these days. I'm talking about argument in a, in a logical discussion, perhaps a debate. Um, and we mentioned another apologetic argument a few episodes ago when we talked about uh, when Jesus uh, rose from the dead, there was nobody uh, who had more incentive than the Jewish people and the Romans to produce Jesus' dead body. But they simply couldn't, do, couldn't produce Jesus' dead body. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. And so that's a, a logical argument, um, and it turns out to be the most likely explanation for everything is that since there was no dead body, and since we know he died on the cross, because that's just what happened, then the logical explanation is that, well, he must have risen from the dead. But that's not faith. That's a, a, a logical, moral argument. And so that's what apologetics is all about. And apologetics can help us give an answer for the reason for the hope that we have. And that's the passage from 1 Peter 3.15. But I would propose that apologetics really isn't sharing the faith. You can't argue somebody into the faith, no matter how well-founded your argument is. Um, but that's, uh, that's apologetics. But I think if we're going to think about a lot more about what it means to actually share our faith, thinking back to that passage from Matthew, if we want to really introduce people to Jesus, we need to start talking about doing evangelism and being an ambassador and being a witness. So I want to uh, talk about those three uh, key words for a little bit. Uh, evangelism comes from... Uh, in English, we say evangelism. It comes from the Greek Bible word euangelion, and I'm not trying to show off how much I know in Greek, but uh, it's a really cool word. Uh, euangelion is two words, eu, which means good, and angelion, which is where we get our, mes- or our word angel, and angels are messengers. So to do evangelism is simply to tell the good message. And so oftentimes we, we say, well, that's a missionary. Sometimes in the Bible, when you see the word missionary in some of your translations, you're talking about an evangelist or a euangelion. Um, Ephesians 4.11, um, it says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, and he gave those jobs, if you will, to the body of Christ in order to share the good news, in order to, to feed the church and to feed the world. Uh, but then I want to look at the word ambassador for a little bit. Um, sometimes when we talk about being ambassadors for Christ, when we talk about sharing the faith, uh, an ambassador, pretty simple explanation. It's a person who has been given authority to communicate or to act on behalf of a ruler. And so sometimes instead of ambassador, we might use the word representative. And that word appears in, in other places, but in 2 Corinthians 5.20, uh, where Paul writes to us and says, we are Christ's ambassadors. In other words, we are his representatives. And Paul says, as such, we are calling others to be reunited with God. And that's a key part about making disciples, is letting people know that God has made the way for us to be reunited with him. So we're, we're Christ's ambassadors in that regard. Uh, and then the last one I want to talk about is witness. And personally, that's a little bit more of an intense uh, um, concept. A witness is simply, at, at first glance, a person who saw something. Like, Kaylee, you saw something last week, and when I asked you a few more details, you were honest and said, well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> were they all Christians? I don't know. I didn't, I, I don't know how to do that. So that's simply being a witness, reporting what you saw. 
Uh, but sometimes that word, as it's used in the Bible, also means to give a testimony. And when you start giving a testimony, that gets a little scarier, a little more intense, especially if you think about if you're on the witness stand in a, in a court setting and you're giving a testimony, you've now made a, made a promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and, and there's a, a certain amount of intensity there as you get questioned. Um, but the way the Bible uses it, it pushes the word even a little bit further um, to give our witness and to tell people what we see and what we believe often in the Bible also is connected to being persecuted for our testimony, for our witness. In fact, the Bible word is that word martus or martero, um, and that's where we get our word martyr from, and we know what a martyr is. Um, and so in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his disciples, again, we are his disciples, and he says to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and then you will be my witnesses, my marteros in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So we know how it went for those apostles as they were martyred for, for doing that. So sharing the faith is a little bit, also a little bit more of a scary and daunting task. Um, and I, what I'm saying here is that sharing the faith, introducing to people to Jesus, is carrying out the Great Commission. That's to, be evan- to, to do evangelism, to be representatives and witnesses, and then last week we talked about justice, mercy, and humility were involved with the great commandment. So we've kind of separated them over the last two episodes. And what I want to ask maybe the panel for sort of a starter discussion is, uh, can they be separated or do they really belong together? Can you do one without the other? And how would you put them back together? How can we put them back together um, now that we've sort of talked about them as two separate different things? Well, I'm glad you defined each of those words because I was thinking as you were defining them, um, maybe without having a definition and just hearing it, uh, these words in the church, I would have flipped um, the difficulty around. Because hmm. okay. I think when a lot of people hear evangelism, that is a terrifying concept. Um, or even ambassadors for Christ. So like, I was an ambassador for Christ. I grew up uh, in a part of the Midwest where uh, Pentecostal churches were more, uh, Baptist churches were more. And uh, while I went to a Lutheran church, a majority of my friends were a part of a church where evangelism and being an ambassador for Christ was not scary. It was something that they did. And I remember joining them a few times and I was like, we're just going to go up and knock on somebody's door and talk to them about (laughs) Jesus. Um, And it was terrifying. And I think there are some people that misconstrue the idea of what it means to evangelize. Mm. Um, and they, they make that harder because maybe they don't quite understand what, what that means, what that looks like. Um, but you know, flipping around and talking about witnessing and sharing your testimony, you're really sharing not just facts, not just Bible verses, uh, but part of who you are and what Christ has done in your life. Um, And I don't think we can fully separate these things because if we're witnessing or evangelizing or representing, um, we have mercy. We're walking with mercy. We're walking with justice. We're walking with love. And I don't think we could adequately share um, our faith without really kind of talking about those three ideas of the great commandment. 
why do you, and maybe I can ask everybody this, um, what's scary about being a teller of a good message? If evangelism is telling the good message, why is that scary? I think it's the idea of getting the door slammed in your face. Rejection <laughs> hurts. You know, like I, a lot of us have, I'm sure all of us, anybody listening and anybody in the room, we've experienced rejection on multiple levels, whether it's romantic, whether it's with a friend, whether it's just some random stranger, but it hurts. And if you're sharing something very personal to who you are and and you're talking about the salvation you have received, I think it might be intimidating this idea that I'm going to share something so personal and so important about myself that somebody could reject it. And I don't know how I would handle that or have that conversation. See, and I think that, I mean, I think it's a part of it, but I also think that like people feel they need to get it right. You know, I mean, mm. we have this success culture where it's like, I gotta, I've got to win at all costs. And so, you know, and, and a lot of times it's framed, you have to win souls for Christ, right? Mm. That's where, right, I, you right. know, and so if I'm going out and I'm sharing Jesus and people aren't what I think coming to faith immediately, then I must be a failure at this job. So therefore I'm a failure as a Christian or whatever. And I think that we, we almost have to reframe it. I mean, so as, as Christians who adhere to a Lutheran doctrine, we, we talk about, you know, um, the apostles creed and we talk about, you know, the first articles, I believe in God, the father, second articles, I believe in Jesus Christ, third articles, I believe in the Holy spirit. And, and we would say that, that, you know, the meaning the Luther said, Hey, the meaning of the, the, the third article is like, basically I can't come to faith on my own but it's the Holy Spirit that draws me, right? And so really all witnessing is, is just pointing. It's like saying, hey, hey guys, have you, I mean, it, this, I'm going to put it in a very bad illustration, but instead of being like, hey guys, have you heard about the new restaurant down the street? It's so good. Oh my gosh, you've got to try this. What we're saying is, hey guys, have you heard about the savior of the world? He is so good. He, I mean, it, again, you horrible illustration. Yeah. Right, you know, it's a horrible illustration because you're mm. comparing Jesus with a burger, but um, having just eaten lunch, <laughs> you know, that's where my mind's at. If you think one is good, just can imagine how good yeah. the other one is. <laughs> Come and see, you know, taste and see the Lord is really go. good, there you know. <laughs> but and I think that that's I think if you if you let this sounds horrible if you let yourself off the hook of having to quote unquote win someone's soul right and all you're doing is saying I'm pointing to you to the best experience I've ever had in my life what it is to all of a sudden feel burdened like I'm not good enough and then be told no no, no you are good enough because of what somebody else has done for you like for me it's kind of like that's easy I'll tell everybody that. I think you hit something pretty big, um, this idea of potentially not having the right answer. Right. Um, and so, you know, with my, um, I, I run confirmation I've talked about in the past, but I have small group leaders. And one of the things I tell them is you don't have to have the answer. You don't have to be theologically trained to lead these kids, to walk with them, to be um, a small group leader in this their life for these three years. And, you know, I even tell them sometimes it's, it's best to say, you know, I don't actually know the answer, but I'll, I'll talk to Kaylee. And sometimes I'm like, and I'm like, I'll talk to one of the pastors and I'll tell you guys next I'll week. The Bible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's maybe that fear of, I might not have the right answer. So yeah, I might look stupid or, oh, you don't know the answer about something you believe in. So I was sitting in a, in a adult, uh, 
inst- adult place. I was as a bar. I was at a bar <laughs> with some friends. Careful, right? but careful how you say that. Where are you going? Yeah, with this? We just where cut that with this, to right? the chase. We literally bar. start with bar. a glass of whiskey and a yeah. tumbler of bourbon. Yeah, I know, and right? So, yeah, I know. Bar. I'm in a bar, right? So I'm in a bar, and and uh, you know we're sitting there, and I'm in a bar in Fort Worth. And somebody asked me a question, and I remember like going. It was a theological question. It was a question about you know the Bible or God or something. And I was just like, I don't know, because I didn't have the answer. I don't remember what the question was. All I remember saying is, I don't know. And the guy behind me, who I knew, would turn around and goes, "Wait, what'd you just say?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> and he's like, "I've never heard a Christian say that. <laughs> you guys think you have the answer for everything." I'm like. Well, we don't. So I don't know the answer to this question. And he was like, well, tell me more about what you do know, right? And it was actually, uh, it became a door and opportunity because I was just being honest, right? And just saying like, I don't know what I don't know, but this is what I do know. I know that this is, you know, the the, The best burger ever. The best burger (laughs) ever, you know? And, And I think that that's, you know, part of walking humbly, part of loving mercy, you know, part of seeking justice is that, whole idea of like really kind of knowing who I am and where I'm at in the, for lack of better terms, the pecking order and just being willing to point to the one who is greater Um, and and do it in a way that it's not like I know it all, but like, I don't know it all, but I get to discover this and I get to discover this in community to bring it even back further about the body. Right. Um, We do this together. We try to figure this out. And so, I'd love for you to be a part of this as well, if you want to, right? And again, it's the Holy Spirit that calls, gathers, enlightens. So I, if you want to, it's an invitation that right, the Holy Spirit's right. going to work on. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and a number of us here on our campus and, and with our, our ministry um, that reaches uh, campuses over in Cyprus at Holy Cross and downtown, we, we've gone through this book, Joining Jesus on His Mission. And I think one of the most uh, important phrases that they talk about is that um, we're not sent to, to go for Jesus. We're sent to go with Jesus. And that, that makes a whole world of difference when, when you're out to, to, if that is being a witness or uh, apologetic or anything like that, and knowing, like what you said, Kyle, that the Holy Spirit is the one who's actually doing the work, that it's actually not on me. And if that person doesn't come to faith, that's also not on me. You know, that that, um, that the Holy Spirit might be using me in this moment for this person's life, for whatever reason that might be. And I might be one in a long line of, of uh, conversations that this person has, uh, or they get to witness me for just a moment, whatever that might be. But the Holy Spirit continues to work on that person, and it's not up to me. It is on me to point to Jesus. Sure. Mm-hmm. It yes. is on me to share the hope that I have, right? Not everyone's an evangelist. Okay, let me just say that, right? right. You know, I mean, you know, I, I used to be guilty of being like, we're all called to evangelize. Mm-hmm. No, no, we're not. Um, but we are all called to share the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And, and so I think that that's, that's something to keep in mind as well. But, you know, because you asked the question originally, can you, can you, you know, unmarry the two? It has to be in a love for the other person. It has to be in a way that is merciful and, and seeking to do it humbly for the other which and, is where Mark, you had said, you cannot argue someone into the kingdom. I think that was a quote. You yeah, can't, right? right. Uh, or into faith. And if, you, and if apologetics also, is all about arguments, you also can't mercy someone into it. You also can't humble someone into yeah. it. You also can't justice someone into it. You also can't love someone into it because only the spirit can bring right. someone into it. However, your 
love, humility, justice, mercy arguments can be the vehicle by which God, the Spirit, does bring people to faith. That's that's his role. You are a means of that, which is that, you know, that great Francis of Assisi quote, right? Uh, you know, proclaim the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Sometimes words are necessary. Sometimes actions are necessary. You, so you can't di- divorce them from my, each other. Uh, the Spirit works through both. It's kind of funny you bring that up because I'm, I'm actually just finishing up a discussion with a person over at Holy Cross in Cyprus about that very quote. Um, and you might think I'm splitting hairs here because the, the sentiment behind that quote I think is a really good sentiment, but I think as Christians we have to be careful to find out. And again, you might think I'm splitting hairs, but we're pretty sure St. Francis Assisi did not say that. Oh, yeah. You know, And, and as Christians, sometimes we're going to tell people, look, this Jesus rose from the dead, and <laughs> you need to believe that. And then we're going to go and say, oh, Francis Assisi said this, and it's a minor thing, but then they find out he didn't. So I think sometimes we have to be careful. So, and the sentiment behind your quote is fine, mm-hmm. but I think attributing it to St. Francis Assisi, sometimes we, we, just, we can just say it. Even if St. Francis Assisi did didn't say, it, say it, he doesn't care if we That's steal true. it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, a minor point, but uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that the person that I'm talking to at that other congregation is listening to this podcast, and I'm, and she was probably cracking up as you said that. So. <laughs> but, but I can tell you something that, that, you know, someone did say that we do know. His name was Jesus. He says in this, <laughs> let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father yeah, who is in right. heaven, right? And good. so, you know, you know, Jesus is talking about, hey, don't be a butthead. Right. I'm trying to clean it up because we're we're not an explicit podcast, but, you know, don't be a butthead to other people, you know, do good works, love them well. And when and when, you know, the question comes up is why you do this or you know what's going on or whatever, then then tell them why. And, and that is the hope that you have that you're demonstrating knowingly or unknowingly. You know, because a lot of times we don't even realize we're doing good works, right? It's just something we do as, as Christians. So knowingly or unknowingly, why well, do this because of, of what's been done for me? And it gives an opportunity for, again, you to point to Jesus and be done. Walk away. Like, hey, peace out, you know. Um, but I, I think that that's the, the, the key part in this is it's like I'm just pointing. It's all I'm doing. Yep. Well, and, and to go back to your question, Mark, uh, of getting these two great commandment, great commission kind of together again, is that if you don't have love for the neighbor, then what is your motive to share for that? You know, is it because you want to have, you want to put something on, um, you know, you you want a a tally mark? Is there a tally Mm -hmm. mark at your church? You know, does a bell ring when somebody, you know, comes to faith? You know, do do you get, you know, what, what is the reason you're doing it? The reason has got to be driving from love, you know, that you love that neighbor, that you love that person, that there's not a bait and switch because somebody's going to sniff, sniff out a bait and switch really easily. Yeah. You know, why am I doing this? Oh, because I want to get you to come to church. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yes, I would love you to come to church, but that's not the reason I'm doing it. The reason I'm doing it is because I love you. Well, and I think it's such a foreign idea to not have a bait and switch, you know? Like, I just the amount of times you're like, that's too good to be true. There's got to be a hook somewhere. Um, yeah, talking to people about Christ and having that desire for them to know who he is and what he brings into a human's life, the, how he changes a person's life, the salvation that he offers. 
yeah, it's not for butts in the pews. It's not for um, all these numbers and stuff. It's simply just so they know the salvation of Christ. And that's foreign that somebody would do something in a loving manner, expecting nothing back or expecting to not receive anything. And I think that can kind of catch people off guard a little bit. And I think that, you know, I agree. And I think I would take it a step further is like, I talk to people and I'm like, and you're struggling with a lot of guilt. You know, I mean, we, we, we might talk about, oh, yeah, we're all sinners. But, I mean, you know people who really struggle with shame mm-hmm. or really struggle with guilt. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, what what would it be like to lift that weight off their shoulders? Let me tell you about the one who would. I mean, we probably all know people who don't feel like they matter, right? They don't feel like they're valuable at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, let, let me tell you about the one who actually has given you value, irregardless of what you've done. We, we all know people who, who just struggle with feeling loved right i mean some sometimes it's the person who looks in the mirror that you're looking at yeah, right, right. And, and let let me tell you about the one who loves you unconditionally and and not like the world says because you've done something to be loved for but because you are his creation and i think that even as we talk about witnessing as we talk about sharing the faith it's it's think about like you're meeting someone's it's the, the Simon Sinek is this guy and he talks about the why, right? We all have a why, why we do things, you know, oh, I mean, what's the internal good. motion? That is a good video. You know, it is a yeah. great video. You can put it in the show notes, right? Um, so uh, it's a, it's a, anyway, speech about why start with why is what it is. He's got a book about it too. But I think that like, we all have a why. And I think that it, the reality is, is that God meets us at our why and fills it. And, and some of us come at it with a different why than others, but he meets everyone. And so as I'm talking about witnessing and sharing my faith, all I'm sharing is it's like, man, dude, you really struggle right now with X, Y, or Z. Let me tell you the one who meets you in that struggle because he's met me in that struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, and Kyle, I'm, I'm going to go on a little soapbox that I have here right now because, and I think because of the COVID pandemic, our public officials have completely ignored that, that um, the toll this has taken on people's mental and emotional and spiritual health. They've been all talking about the physical health and not talking about those other aspects. And I get, like I said, I get on my soapbox, I get kind of bugged about that. But what you just said, Kyle, is very true. As Christians, as, as believers, we can address that. Even if we think our public officials haven't, we can be one-on-one with people and and there's a lot more people struggling with that a lot more now than there was 15 months ago. And there were a lot then too. <laughs> well, Kyle, even as you were talking, you know, the, I, I think about the woman at the well, mm. you know, the woman at the well is coming to the well with a lot of baggage, right? You, know, you start reading through that and you realize it. And, and Jesus doesn't shy away from her baggage. Nope. And he calls out, you know, it is what it is and why are you coming in the heat of the day? And, you know, you kind of read between the lines on some of those things. Um, John chapter 4, by the way. Yeah. And and she has this uh, amazing turn in that, that she will say, you know, this guy told me everything about me. Let me tell you everything about him. You know, and we've talked, mm-hmm. we've used this phrase on this campus for a lot of years, you know. Part of this is, is sharing your story and then telling his story. Right. And you can go back to, to the woman at the well with that. That's, that's such a powerful thing. And, and you're right. Uh, 
there's so much brokenness and, and hurt and pain in this world. Um, and it's with everybody. And it's the people who look like they got, like we always say in our house, they look like they got their poop in a group. Um, they don't. <laughs> I've they, never heard that. We're like dancing that. on the explicit, aren't we? <laughs> I they like don't, that one, though. They don't always. It's better than having it spread everywhere. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. They, they, don't, they don't have their poop in a group necessarily. They're just maybe able to, to hide it or right. to, to rationalize it or, or, or whatever. But the, everybody's got that that they got to hear. And, mm-hmm. and they got to hear it over and over and over again. Well, and it's the over and over and over again that really makes a difference. The relationship that you strike up, the relationship that you invest in. Because, I don't know, I think, I think it's hard, yeah, to go knock on a door and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. But when you're living your life and walking through it with somebody, whether it is your actual next-door neighbor, somebody that you met at the supermarket or at the gym or something, and you start to develop this relationship your story becomes known, their story becomes known, and it's a natural place to start sharing those deeper parts of your story and and where Christ is in that story. Um, and it's the over and over again, continuing to pour and, into somebody's life. And each one of those who's been commissioned to go or commanded to be has their own shame they bring, mm. which is why you know the Bible doesn't shy away from telling us you know, Thomas doubted or Peter denied or David did a lot of things. There's a lot of things there that uh, <laughs> yeah. crossed that line too, talking and, about, right? And yet David especially, I think it's so, what's so cool about him is uh, all those things that David did, if you read his story, he did more than the one big that we know about. There were a lot of dumb things he did. He was still a man after, after God's, God's own heart. heart. And wow, if other people can know that that's, how God sees them too. It, it, yeah. And I think that, you know, Kayla, you kept saying the word relationship, relationship, relationship. I believe, and I'm of the belief that discipleship and evangelism happen in the context of relationship. I knew um, you were going to say that, Kyle. That's why I asked that question. I knew it was going to be on well, you to and, say and, that. So and I'm I don't, glad you did. And this is why I don't think you can divorce the two. And, <laughs> and I know that I, I mean, I have friends that vehemently disagree that like, you know, evangelisms, I go out and I proclaim the gospel to whoever and and I and I actually come off of a story, a couple different stories in my own life, but one story in particular where, you know, I encountered a young man in the park, and you know, I have a relationship with him now, but at the time I didn't, and you know, and I introduced myself as Pastor Kyle or whatever, and he looks at me, and and we're not explicit, so I won't say what he said, but he was basically, who the f are you? Just another white guy to come in here, tell me Jesus loves me, and leave. And it's like up to that point, he's had people who've come into his life and said, hey, I want you to know you're loved by Jesus, and then they take off. And I think that that the sticking point for for that individual is that what does this relationship then look like? What, what does it look like to say you love me or Jesus loves me and actually do life with me? You know, I think of the second Thessalonians, first or second Thessalonians two eight. I think it's first. Um, but you know, we 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 loved you so much, we didn't just share the gospel with you, but our lives as well. Um, and, and I think that that's an important piece in all this, is because you know, a lot of times when we think of evangelism, we think of going somewhere else to tell people about Jesus. We think of mission trips. I'm going to go somewhere else to tell people about Jesus. But when people would come to do missions, because I've been in downtown Long Beach now for several years. When they come to do missions there, I'm like, hey, I don't want you to do anything in my neighborhood that you wouldn't do in yours. Right. And it's like, well, but I wouldn't tell people that Jesus loves them in my neighborhood. And like, then don't do it in mine. Because unless you got a relationship with them, you really 
you know, you got to earn the right to speak. You got to show how much somebody, you know, show somebody how much you care before they even care to know who you know, you know. Well, yeah, instead of cut, like, because then at that point they're just, you cut and run. Why would your God not do that as well? Right. And you can it, tell him till you're blue in the face. Don't worry, he won't leave you. Yeah. I'm with you till the end of the age. And then you're just going to... Uh, peace peace yeah. out, I won't yeah. be back. You know, right. and if we're yeah. talking about this idea of being an ambassador and representing, right. what are we representing to that person? Um, you know, going back to a sissy, and whether he said it or not, are our actions lining up with a message that we are speaking? Because we are visual creatures human beings are visual creatures we make snap judgments we just base on the sight and so we take a lot of stuff in and we form a lot of opinions and a lot of judgments and emotions simply just by what we see before we ever hear something and so we also need to make sure you know like Kyle you don't just come in and you just start spouting this stuff off maybe go back to your neighborhood and start living that stuff in the lives of your neighbors and in your family and that's going to do a lot. And that's not to say that we never share the faith oh, outside no. of relationship, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I want to be very, make very clear on that one too, right? So I'll speak out of, some people say you speak out of both sides of your mouth sometimes, maybe. But, you know, so if I'm in the grocery line and I'm talking to somebody and the opportunity presents itself and I share the, you know, share my faith because the opportunity is there, great. I don't know where I'm at in the planting, watering, growing mm-hmm. part of right. that. Because again, right. it's the spirit who does the work. But... In the, especially in American context, you know, in, in our cultural context, is a lot of times it's like, I don't want to just hear what you have to say. I actually want to see you. It's like saying I'm sorry to somebody. Oh, I'm so, you know, I smack somebody in the face. I'm sorry. And they're like, okay, then don't smack me again, right? You know, right. it's like, so it's it's not just saying, hey, Jesus loves you, and I'm out. You know, it's like in this particular context, it means I'm going to stick around for a little bit. I'm going to show you what that looks like. And I'm going to do it imperfectly. And I'm going to tell you that too, you know. Oh, go on. I was going to say, but that has that whole concept back full circle to where we are within the body. Right. Right. Because if it happens within the context of relationship, you might just be the scatterer. Right. Someone else might be the waterer. Right. Right. It happens within the context of relationship within the body. You might just be on the front end, but there's someone else in the body that might be on the back end. Right. No, none of us, I mean, the spirit might work through just one person alone. Probably more often than not, when someone comes to faith, it's not simply because of their connection with one person who evangelized, if we want to use that word, or witnessed. It is multiple engagements and encounters. Um, and so that's where that relationship comes in. Other people in the body are also bearing witness to that person right, right. who then comes to faith. And wherever you were in that process is just one of the, you know, links in the chain through which the Spirit brought someone to faith. I think about um, John the Baptist. He does a really good job of partnering these two ideas of um, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission because we see that John the Baptist pointed to Christ, mm-hmm. um, but also we see that he walked humbly Um, I think, doesn't he say something to the effect of, I must become less so he Mm -hmm. becomes greater? Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's 
Yeah. I must oh, increase, yeah. so you, so you will decrease. Or I must decrease, decrease, so yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. can increase. And so, like, we see his humility in that, but we also see his humility in the way that he chose um, chose to live his life. Um, but we also see, you know, PK, what you were saying of he wasn't the only one that pointed to Christ. There were many, many people in the the body that pointed to Christ, and you know, maybe some heard it first with John and experienced it more with the disciples and then really experienced it with Christ himself. Um, but he's a great model of what it means to partner both a commandment and a commission. You know, we've been talking about this idea and, and, and it was probably 17 or 18 years ago from Bethany. We sent our first short-term missionaries to Alaska and I probably had a completely different understanding of what, that was supposed to be about when I first did it. And, and Kyle, I would say our, our, at least my thought was, yeah, we're going to go in, we're going to tell them about Jesus. That's great for a couple of days. And then we got to head home and we're feeling good about ourselves. And, and yeah, I would say for the first couple of years, there was, there was some of that, but you know, we kept coming back year after year and probably the first four or five years, you know, they were, they welcomed us and it was good. But probably by like I would say maybe our, our, our fifth year we had started to to create relationships mm-hmm. with with families and with kids and with um, with countless number of people uh, relationships at, at a couple of churches and and in different communities and it got to the point where we uh, we would show up at like one of our sites and it would be the Saturday before vacation Bible school that we were going to be having started and there would be 25 kids there to meet us um and and they didn't want and we were there because we got to work and we got to put our posters up and we got to you know prepare they just wanted to be with us they just wanted to play and they just wanted to to spend time with us and 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 because of social media kind of the world became a little bit smaller and it was easier to stay connected with all of that um and it's been very hard to not be there the last couple of years we didn't go last year because of covid we're not going this year as well um but but that now is is now cemented in relationship, not in look at how cool we are because we got to go to Alaska. Um, and I still think there can there can be some some high levels of of uh, of benefits that happen from those trips. But you got to go into it the right way. And one of the things I do with everybody who goes now is there's this great video, and I'll put this in the show notes as, uh, as well, that talks about this group of, uh, of, of Vikings that go uh, to try to talk about uh, Viking culture to this other, uh, like, American culture, and they do something called VBS, which is Viking Battle School, <laughs> and, they, and they talk about, you know, hunting whale blubber, and, you know, look at these people, you know, they eat this terrible food, and they give them whale blubber, and they say, that's fantastic, you guys should be eating it all the time, and, and they remodel the church to, to ward off all the, all the demons, you know, in the area, and it just it totally misses the mark, and it's so absurd, but then they go, yeah, that's kind of what you do if you're just kind of going in and, and, and taking off. You know, if you're just going in for uh, you know a week and taking off. They they take all the guys. You know, they, they call them like uh, what do they call them like glowing objects, like phones and laptops, and they smash them. You know, because they're transfixed by these things, and and you just they miss the point of relationship. They miss the the whole point of the of the whole thing. It's a it's a fun video. I'll send I'll text it to you guys. But I'll put it in the show notes. And I think though too. I mean, if we harken back to even first century and and carry that forward is like we wouldn't get on plane and go somewhere else to be on mission Mm. you know i mean we would literally go maybe the next town over 
we would go with people in our circle of influence. And, I, and I'm not, I mean. Unless I, you're Philip, who was just transported. Right. I, but again, I mean, that's I, the Holy I, Spirit at work I, yeah, on that and then, one. And then, <laughs> you know, as soon as they came up out of the water, he was gone again. That's a story in Acts about, you know, a guy met somebody along the side of the road. Um, but I, I think that, that you know, realizing that mission and witness is is our everyday life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm I'm sent to, and you know, I, I had a pastor one time, or I had a pastor that I worked under for several years who said, you know, where we live, learn, labor, and and love, and somebody else was like, well, how about where you laugh? And I was like, okay, live, learn, labor, love, and laugh, right? Um, and sometimes that worship is another one you can add because you don't worship where you live or where you work. Um, but I, I think that that's one of those things is that we're daily we're on this mission. And whether yeah. you're getting on a plane and flying halfway around the world or whether you're just going to the next door neighbor, you know, and having a beer, water, glass of milk, tumbler, bourbon, <laughs> or, you know, what you, you should have people write in like, what do you drink when you listen to this podcast? Yep. Day like today, we're just drinking water around here. So, yep. Well, any last thoughts before we kind of close up? Anybody else got, cause that was a good wrap up though, too. Hearing none. <laughs> Uh, thanks guys always a pleasure hard to believe we're almost to the end of season three we've got uh, one more episode if you do have a question about anything that we've discussed in this episode or any of the previous episodes send us an email again our email is theology on tap 1517 at gmail.com I'll put a link of that in the show notes you can continue the conversation on our Facebook page as well um, we are going to spend a little time. This is our teaser from the next episode. We've got a couple of listener emails we're going to be talking about. So we'll get to those. If you'd like uh, us to talk about your email or your question, send us one right away. Um, Mark, next week as we wrap up, where are we going? Yeah, next week, wrap up is the, is the um, uh, nice way to put it. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time... Um, Sort of, I'm, I'm just going to use this phrase, connecting the dots, because we talked about some things in episode one, two, three, and so on, and maybe we can bring them all back together. Um, so I've got a whole lot of ideas to just kind of pop out there as popcorn. Plus, I'm looking forward to um, particular listener. Listener Mark sent us an email, yep. and I want to reply to that. And, um, yeah, be, be a good time. Perfect. Fantastic. Thanks, Mark, from all of us here. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Theology on Tap. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace.